0: And I'm glad you're with us, Field of 12 After Dark College Football, George Whitfield, joined by my two co-pilots, pride of we are Penn State, Christian Hackenberg, and the prodigal son of two of college football's biggest towns, Oklahoma and Texas A&M, mister Trevor Knight. Fellas, how we doing? George, what day
1: of college football, man. I mean, you talk about mid-season form, and we are at mid-season, And we had some fantastic matchups today. I mean, I was like a kid in a candy store in front of the TV all day watching some of these quarterbacks throw it around. These coaches make crazy calls and just some fantastic finishes across the country that I know we'll dive into tonight.
0: Alabama drops. Clemson just dropped. Or no, sorry, Alabama dropped. The Trojans dropped. There's a couple other big-time knockouts hacked. I know you yeah. caught the the, the, the game. Uh, I mean,
2: yeah, I mean, my, my, my ass is chapped right now. I can't really talk too much. My guys, my guys got, got pummeled up and down the field. And uh, I, I, I had higher expectations than that. So, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bring, I'm going to pick it up, pick the energy All up, right. bring it back. But
0: you know, All that's, right. that's where I'm at right now. And tell Pop, we see where Pop is at too. Tell Pop, we said, what's up? What's up, Pop?
2: Yeah, George says what's up, Pop?
0: All of Field of Twelve Nation, yeah. we all say hello, Mr. Hackenberg. How we doing, yeah, sir? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so if you're joining us, Field of Twelve After Dark College Football, you can see us on Sirius XM produced by Dagan Hughes and Trevor Village. Uh fellas, let's do a toast. If you're just joining us, if you've always been with us, we do a toast. To our favorite thing, play a game. Trevor Knight, do I dare start with you?
1: Please start with me, George. There is a lot of really, really good football going on this weekend, as I mentioned. We could make a toast and spend our whole show talking about different guys, different coaches, different fan bases. Um, I'm going to go a little off the beaten path. It's not the beaten path, but it's not in our two biggest games that we'll talk about. But I want to shout this guy out as a first-year head coach in a new spot who has led a team that was, I believe, pretty much unanimously picked in the bottom half on every preseason poll of their conference. And they won a massive game today. The TCU Horn Frogs, Sonny Dykes. Sonny Dykes, I am toasting to you you moved right down the road from Dallas to Fort Worth, and you are getting it done on a big, big stage. Cheers to you.
0: Yes, sir. Coach and the and the Hogs. What's their uh, hand signal?
1: Go Frogs, yeah. baby. Yeah. Frogs.
0: The Frogs. Big win. They've had a big month. Christian Hackenberg, where are you taking us?
2: Yeah, so – um, so I don't, I don't really know where I'm taking this. Uh, this was a little bet I lost on Thursday night to, to Greg. Um, who who hosted that show with Clint and I. Uh, I, I was, I was extremely high on my Nittany lions. As I said, he, he picked Michigan. I picked Penn state Michigan obviously came out and did what they did. 418 yards on the ground up and down all my, you know, here's what you need to watch for all that shit went up in smoke. So I got a shotgun, this Bush light to Greg Waddell. For hey. his for his Michigan pick, so so to you guys and your health. Hey, hey hold, on.
1: hold on! I'm not going to make you do this alone. Oh my guy!
2: I knew you were there. I knew you were there.
0: I, I toast say. both of y'all. Got yeah. it, both of them. Trev, cheers, to boys. To
2: your health, sir.
0: Hey, this is a oh. hey to you at home. This is an honorable. This is an honorable show. We hold our word immensely. As you just saw there, Christian Hackenberg holding his word. Trevor went with TCU. I'm going to Tennessee. I mean, just feels obvious, but you got to imagine the road they came. And with a secondary toast to Cam rising here at Utah, but Hand Hooker, just two years removed from not being able to overcome everything at Virginia Tech. Got beat out, transferred, looking for another opportunity, which we all are ever looking for another opportunity. Gets to Tennessee, gets it going. New coach. After his first year, they get rolling, and then they take out the the, the Roman Army. They take out the Roman Army, and now are destined to finish. They're going to wake up tomorrow in the top five in the country and probably have to see uh, Alabama again if they can get past the White Walkers. So epic win tonight in Knoxville. Hacked. What's Hendon Hooker doing at this moment? Any guesses? You, you want to even put a guess on it? I don't even want to do it. I
2: don't even <laughs> want to do it to that, to that young man. I saw him hugging his mama after the game and putting there you him go. on blast there like you go. that. Probably not a good thing to do. So.
0: Hopefully it's a free steak down there at the steakhouse. <clears> Hendon <throat> Hooker. Probably ordered right.
2: right some Papa John's and is sitting in his in his, <laughs> yeah. in his apartment with his guys. just yeah, totally. yeah, sitting with
0: the guys. Watching a little the black
1: twelve after dark, kicking the feet yeah. out about to brush his teeth <laughs> yeah. and snuggle up with his blankie and go to sleep. That's all.
0: That's right. Uh have, he hey, he'll have some he'll have some type of company though. Believe that. I mean with his roommates in the building and all that stuff. <clears throat> Off we go. First game tonight. We're gonna go over with you. Uh for those of you who just joined us. Watching Utah and USC and a knockout blow. This is the game, fellas, we've been talking about since the preseason. The Trojans will come in here undefeated into the biker gang's bar. Could they get through it? If they can get through it, we'll see them in the playoffs. It did not go that way. Trevor, your initial thoughts of Cam Rising uh, and Coach Willingham knocking out USC.
1: Well, I think it's something that will continuously come up as we talk through this game. But it all came down to the last play that Utah had on offense. And it's going for two. Incredible decision there. I love the decision to do that. I thought that Utah got hit in the mouth and hit in the mouth and hit in the mouth and could have folded at any point in this game. And Cam Rising kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And that will be – the story of the day with these quarterbacks, I thought this was, uh, a, on a macro level, one of the better days of quarterback play in college football than I've seen in a Amazing. long time. And Cam Amazing. Rising is right there at the top of that list with just his gutty effort all night long. It was fun to watch.
0: It's a blue-collar effort hack when you watch him. It's, it's not a whole bunch of chrome ferrari look like you see from aaron Rodgers and kyler murray and some of the other guys but just like hendon hooker cam rising didn't start college at U at utah transferred got in there what he started texas right
2: texas got
0: to texas battled made a decision a real business move where can i go set up shop and lead a set of troops he goes to utah they get it done tonight what was your biggest impression from watching this? And are the Pac-12's chances in the playoffs effectively done tonight?
2: Yeah, well, I don't – I so so I'll answer the latter there first. I don't think the Pac-12's chances at the playoffs are effectively done. They still have some unbeatens. Um, they still have some teams that have some – chance, or do they not? They don't have any They have the Bruins, the middle,
0: right? UCLA Bruins.
2: But did UCLA lose or did they not? Is UCLA undefeated or not?
0: They're so, undefeated. so,
2: okay, okay. So UCLA is undefeated. So if UCLA is undefeated, they still got a shot. However, um, you know, I think that this definitely hurts. I think the SC team kind of had that Chrome and Ferrari flash that you were talking about. I think Caleb played like that tonight. Um, just didn't make enough plays when it mattered. Uh and then flipping it back to to Utah. Um, Cam rising, blue collar attitude. You know, George, you you've known me since I was 16 years old. Trev, you gotten to know me for you know a while now here as well. Love the blue collar attitude. Love guys that just put the boots on, go to work, uh, don't really complain, figure it out, and keep it moving. Cam, like, uh-huh. if I was to put a guy who's like the action figure for that mentality in college football, it might be him. Yeah, and um, and he definitely sell out. Does a great job up there. Um, and I think that this team just continues to fight, continues to battle. You know, they may not be <clears throat> where they thought they would be at this point in the season coming into the year, but at the end of the day, um, didn't let that affect them. Uh, and and they're cool playing spoiler right now, and I think that's that's it's a testament to the program, and it's a testament to the mentality from the top down that 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 uh, that the head coach out there you know preaches and and instills in all those guys.
0: Can, this can is there.
1: Can we talk <clears throat> about Kyle Kyle Whittingham for just a second? We were talking offline before the the show started that he's the second longest tenured coach behind Kirk Ferentz in college football. But I think it's interesting and different. I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on this just real quick. A guy that's been at Utah that long that has had so much success, but it is difficult to recruit guys up to Utah. I know yeah. it's very interesting yeah. comparatively. Is it it will a transfer portal help him like it already has with Cam Rising? Or is he just found a way to take whoever is willing to come and and produce you know, a great level of football that we've seen, you know, obviously tonight and in, in years past, I think he deserves 100%. the tip of the cap. Right.
0: Oh, 100%. yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And hack, I, I agree. I think it's both. I don't like, you need the portal. Like Salt Lake, like what's the state of Utah produce? Maybe a half dozen division one kids a year. <clears throat> then you're either going to go West to California. Or you're going to go South to Texas. So, yeah, like, you need the portal. But he is getting the most out of players, and he does develop. And culture. So we're going to overwhelm a lot of these, you know, a lot of that gap with just grit and, as our producer calls it, BMG. It, or B- it, BGM, biker gang mentality. That's it. And, like, we're just going to – beating ass is – a great quotient to a lot of situations. If you could just put your head down. Yeah. Um,
2: the, the other thing too, George, is I think there's some allure to like Salt Lake and Trevor, I, I think you and I, you've been to Salt Lake, obviously correct. At some point in time, yeah. I I've been to Salt Lake for, for a period of time. It's it, it kind of like, I, I grew up East coast, like never really saw much of that stuff. When you get to Salt Lake, it's a nice area, nice city, great, so cool. like cool, like really super yeah. cool. Like I think it's one of those yeah, things where if he gets, yeah, yeah if, if he gets a kid to come to campus. It's, it's a pretty easy thing to sell. Um, so I think it's just one of those things of like overcoming the fact that you're kind of sandwiched in the middle and, you know, yeah. if you can if you can trick a couple guys, hey, you know, hey, this is this is actually with the right mentality. This is actually pretty pretty cool place to go to school, pretty cool place to to play. And um, to your point, I think that biker gang mentality is awesome. And if you if you recruit the right kids with the right makeup, you are you got a recipe for success there.
0: Uh Utah, and I'm checking right now with our producer, this was Utah's third oh. opponent ranked in the top seven uh already this year. And they've they've had a tough go of it with Florida and UCLA. And now they, that they did, they do get the Trojans. They split the city of Los Angeles, Utah, tonight in a final Uh big balls tonight by, by coach Willingham, 43, uh, 42. What now happens to the Pac 12? Is it already over? We're not even close to Halloween. Is it already over for uh, the Pac 12s chances? Here we go. Now, to the heavyweight championship. And that's all respect to UCLA. I know we keep saying that, but for the Bruins that come from such an outside lane and they still have a tough run here coming down the back stretch in November, Uh the light's still on, but USC brand wise was the one they were all hoping to crash that party for them. Okay. So the biggie Knoxville biggest game in 25 <laughs> years since uh who did you say hack beat Alabama Eric Ainge. Eric, Eric Ainge, but the most hyped game since since uh Peyton Manning, uh since the Peyton Manning days. The Tennessee Vols defeat the Roman army 52-49 in a classic. It gave you everything you wanted to see, and we learned any every possible thing we could learn. I thought this is gonna get ugly quick. Um, Tom Rinaldi told me one time on the sideline. I think we are at the Rose Bowl, Florida State in Oregon, and Jameis slipped and the ball comes out of his hand like up in the sky. It's a, it's a reverse fumble. And Ronaldi turns to me and he goes, the king never just dies. He gets killed. And I thought, holy shit, I'm watching the game. The king never does just die peacefully. They get killed. And when they were down 28-10 tonight to Tennessee, I thought, this is the killing. But the Roman Army comes rolling back but it wasn't enough uh, hack. What did you most take away from this game? And, and like, what did you learn the most about the two teams first? And then we'll go into the quarterbacks.
2: Well, it was extremely impressive. And I think I'll, I'll, I'll start with Tennessee. Um, I think the development of that program and where Josh Heupel is, it was a perfect storm for him. And he needed this win for that next step to be much larger than I think he could have ever imagined um and 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 hats off for getting that done. I thought the offense played really well, answered the bell at all at 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 pretty much every every turn of the corner and I thought the defense showed some balls too man i mean that 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 mm-hmm. whole last drive there they pretty much went zero for seven eight plays in a row, just sent the house explain said, hey, we're to people match up with these guys explain so cover to zero people is have- basically like they have no high safety they're gonna match up with the guys outside and they're gonna put they're gonna try to get an extra hat on the quarterback outside of what you can protect. And the why thing, is that
0: ballsy against such a such an advanced quarterback playing, like Bryce Young
2: and Bryce Young? You're playing matchup ball, and Bryce Young the entire game has, sho- has showed in an, an immense ability to just get out of. He wins those one on ones in the open field against pretty much any edge rusher, any defensive lineman that you can bring, any linebacker you can bring. He did it. He extended the plays, made plays, scored touchdowns throughout the entire game. Doing that, so for that to be like, hey, like. We're going to smoke it if we got it and hang our hat on that like huge tip of the cap to the, to the Tennessee defensive staff right there. Because I, I personally, I don't think I would have gone into that situation third and 10 right on the fringe of field goal range. Like, Hey man, I'm going zero here. No, dude, I would have, I, I don't think I could have ever dreamed no. that up. So no. like huge tip of the cap to them. And I think it's just kind of a fruition of like Tennessee, like coming through, coming, coming from the grinder. Right. Cause like you talked about Peyton Manning, even Eric Ainge and, and and those types of days, like Tennessee was a was a powerhouse T so Martin power yep. powerhouse program, correct. And they've they've kind of gone into the dark ages here for a little bit and now coming back out of it with Josh Heupel, great, great win. And I think it's I think it's huge for them and their development.
0: Huge for recruiting, huge for the portal. Trevor, massive. what did we it, massive? Just imagine that now. That style of play, that Ferrari style, NASCAR style of play. Big plays, big-time skilled players. Really, I mean, if you're west of the Mississippi, that program is SC. If you're east of the Mississippi, we thought it was up in Columbus, but they're going to split half those kids now, half those big-time kids. Trevor Knight, Hendon Hooker, Bryce Young. Like, what was your, your impressions of these two? I thought we learned a lot from both tonight.
1: Let me start here on a macro level, and I just want to tip the cap and kind of extend what you guys were saying about Tennessee. This was a storybook, a children's story, whatever you want to call it, all the way scripted out. You get, you know, have a great start at Tennessee. College game day is coming to town. You're, you're undefeated. Everybody's picking you to win against yep. a team yep. that has, has been the perennial powerhouse But so often you're sitting there drawing the pictures and getting ready to publish this book and the top dog comes in and ruins those dreams. And to have all of that buildup and to still go out there and get it done and close the book and publish this thing, I thought was the biggest way with what Tennessee did and tip of the cap to those guys. Now, as far as the quarterbacks go, I was sitting here watching this game with no allegiance to either school, just giddy watching these guys play football. And I want to start with Bryce Young. Bryce Young is coming off of an injury, but I can, t- I can say this. He did not – that, that will not be an excuse for Tennessee or for Bama saying, oh, well, Bryce Young was hurt, if this, if that. That dude came out and played some of his best football that I've ever seen. He was yeah. making all the throws. He was he was out there being the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. And him against Hooker, I mean, that was two guys saying, hey, look, I'll see you in New York at the end of the year going back and forth. And it was almost this feeling like, all right, whoever gets the ball last is gonna win this game. And, and Hinden Hooker going through the transfer portal or however he got to, to Tennessee, stepping up against. George, the Roman Army, and the previous year's Heisman Trophy winner and standing toe-to-toe and getting the win, that dude deserves, regardless of what goes on the rest of the season, I, that dude deserves a ticket to, to New York based off of his play tonight. I thought it was unbelievable.
0: Great point. Uh, in from our producer, Dagan Hughes, Alabama broke its own – historic record 17 penalties tonight and that's not just under the coach saving uh alabama tied that's all time 17 penalties for 130 yards uh but they yet yeah, still find themselves tied up tie ball game going down the back stretch in the fourth quarter if they had to climb from behind 28 10 um fellas i was so impressed first of all hendon hooker like guys are big uh, but you're big time on stages like this tonight, you're like you're big, don't doubt we, we see it. But if Tennessee would have lost fans, they're not throwing stuff on the field. We lost to the Roman army, we'll get them next time. We still get a New Year's Day Bowl. But to win, to take that momentum and knock out a giant when they're also hot, no, nah. that I thought that was huge. Hendon Hooker was huge, his wide receiver. I don't have his name, five touchdowns on six grabs. That's some Travis Kelsey type stat line right there. But Hendon Hooker was big, but just equal, as you both said it, Bryce Young. And it wasn't just an injury. It's on your throwing shoulder. It's and on your throwing shoulder. George, that's the one
2: thing, too. I don't mean to cut you off. Here's the no, one no, thing, go. too, though. As is I, is I I, said this to Thursday, like if I going into this game, the way this Alabama team was shaped up, like the way the defense was playing – all this stuff, like to me, if I'm if I'm Tennessee and I have the high powered offense, like I'm making Bryce Young beat me. I'm taking yep. Jameer Gibbs out of the game. I'm 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 forcing Bryce Young to beat me, and he exceeded expectations and then yep. some. But and that's just it. that's. But the thing is, the crazy thing is, is we sit here and, and acknowledge that people are going to overlook that. But yeah. he played phenomenal. He played above yep. and beyond what you could have ever asked him to play. And yes. that's just that shows you how much Hendon Hooker and that offense at Tennessee actually showed up and met the challenge as well. Because Correct. if you're if you're gonna say, yo, Bryce Young, you gotta beat me, reigning Heisman trophy winner, you gotta beat me, you gotta show up as well, and you gotta play out of your Correct. mind and, and and into your ram and into your realm of, of thought processes and things of like that. And I think I think Tennessee did that as well. And, and ultimately it worked out that way, and it was great for college football because we saw just a duel for the ages. And listen,
1: a- I, I I wanna chime in here as well. I want to give a tip of the cap to Bri- to Bryce Young again. Very similar to the national championship game when we were all together in Indy. This is a guy that's on the road in a hostile environment, and mm-hmm. you know what you're going to get from him, even right. when he's got an injury in his throwing. Like that is right. he deserves the Dr Pepper commercials that he's already in. He deserves every penny <laughs> of that. Because he yeah. is absolutely spectacular, which I think gives more credit to Tennessee. Now, uh, uh, real quick, if if, if and ends up converting on the last play last week, that's when you could say, well, they didn't have Bryce Young and this yep. and that. And so this game, you can't say that. You have to give all the credit to Tennessee because you saw the best in Bryce Young.
0: Because Bryce Young played winning football, no even now. in a loss. That's an anomaly sometimes but you could still play winning football and it doesn't come up for you. And tonight reminded me of last year when they played Auburn and he had the two plus yard drives where you have to have it. They only Auburn only gave him 60, 70 yards rushing as a team all day. We must get through Auburn to get a chance at Georgia. And he does it in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think he's college football's best general. But they have a lot to clean up, though, 17 penalties. Uh, the defense really got exposed, and I'm watching that game and thinking in my mind, is this Ohio State in Bama? Is this what this looks like? Because to me, Tennessee offensively, um, it looks like the similar animal to Ohio State. The, one's a Bengal Tiger and one's a Siberian Tiger. Like, now we have two Tigers. They can both move and maul you. Uh, so the Roman Army goes down. 52 49 Tennessee fellows where should they rank just watching ball just looking at it quickly where should Tennessee rank um, when we when we all get up tomorrow
2: I don't think it's crazy to say that they jump to three and just swap like I think that's probably
1: a fair statement yeah, you know, I, don't think you can- I I agree with that I mean the only argument would be that you put Michigan at three right and then put put uh, put Tennessee right behind them, mm-hmm. just because they had a big win too, right? I, right. I don't correct. Know. Yeah. Correct. So
0: Alabama d- stays in the top five. Yes, they lost by a field goal expiring on the road to another top ten team. That a like UFO hacked, that field can't goal. take. Yeah, correct. Uh, <laughs> by my man McGrath.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: that yeah. was the heavyweight championship tonight. Well, that was the heavyweight championship down the south. We also had a heavyweight battle up in the North, the Big Ten, two of their three monsters got at it today, Michigan, Penn State. Everybody was curious. Neither one of these two teams – well, really, you got to say it about Michigan because Penn State, early on, they did go into Jordan-Hare and knock the hell out of Auburn. So we knew something about Penn State. Michigan, however, they've been playing some knockout ball against smaller opponents. They beat a solid Maryland team. They got together, Michigan, 41-17. Led by uh, our man, the what's our freshman quarterback's name? JJ McCarthy. JJ uh, McCarthy. Sorry, I wanted to say Cade McNamara. Uh, but they finished up there big on the ground. Either way, everybody knows those running backs. Hack, when you watched your boys tonight, your boys both Penn State and your boys both Big Ten, uh, yeah. what was your biggest takeaway?
2: Listen, um, I don't. I, I'm not going to make excuses. Listen, they got, they got, they got dog. When you give up 418 yards on the ground, you you got to you got to go home, lick your wounds, and figure it out for next week. But I don't think Penn State came out and played their best football. Just surface surface value. I don't think, offensively, defensively, complimentary, didn't come out and give Michigan their best shot. But I'm going to give Michigan their full on roses. Cause if you can go out and command 418 yards against a big 10 opponent, like Penn state, you can do that against damn near anybody in the country. And I don't care who's pulling the trigger for you at that point in time. So that's a, that's a, that's a great, that's a great, great thing. Um, to do George. I think you might be on mute. I couldn't hear you brother.
0: Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. Sorry. There you go, I'll man. just agree with you.
2: No, but, uh, but I think anytime you can do that, man, huge tip of the cap. Penn state, like you guys got to move on from this. Cause at the end of the day, you got a gauntlet coming down here. You got Minnesota next week, obviously fell down. And then you got Ohio state. So you got to figure it out. But Michigan's put themselves in a, in, a, in a really good position to be staring down that, that Ohio state game here towards the end of the year. That's going to, that's going to ultimately de- determine the East, in my opinion.
0: Trevor, you've been part of two different cultures in college football both with the Aggies and both with the Sooners, you've been on big runs. You've been on teams that have undefeated starts like this. For those kids in that locker room, for most of them, this is round two. They were undefeated like this last year, but it was like a kind of new territory. The further that they ventured, the more they looked around and like, wow, we're really here. Then they get themselves into the playoffs. Now here they are again, started in the top five, still in the top five, big knockout win today. How valuable is this confidence of seeing yourself knock out teams and you start to carry yourself like a, um, a national power?
1: Yeah, that, the experience, to your point, George, it is a huge deal. Young guys that watched older guys that have now moved on playing on Sundays um, set the tone and develop that culture. Anytime you have a player run locker room you're going to have uh, better leaders and and more success in the long run and so the fact that they were there last year these guys have been there they can taste it they can see it it's now you know halfway through the season I'm looking the end is in sight now obviously it's one week at a time and all those things but I I will say this we always talk about does this game say more about Michigan winning the game or more about Penn State losing the game and, and and what side do you go on? I think Penn State, to you, to your point, Hack, lick their wounds. They're still going to win a bunch of games in the East. I don't think this was so much as Penn State is bad as it is Michigan is the real deal. And, yeah. um, and, and building on that confidence, George, from last year is huge. I mean – you talk about the the the, the four hundred plus yards on on the ground, but we've we've hit it over the head that Blake Corum is the man. He wasn't even the top rusher today. He was over one hundred fifty yards, and he wasn't even the top rusher. So you go, uh, you know, Donovan, Donovan Edwards, who who you know rushes for more yards than Blake Corum. That's a confidence booster for him. So when his name is called upon. Down the stretch here, now you've got confidence in two guys and two guys that have confidence in themselves that now go out there and we're just rolling. Now, J.J. McCarthy is looking at both of these guys. I trust you. I trust you. Let's rock yeah. and roll. Defense is looking at the offense. They're waving from the other end of the bench. Hey, we're going to get you back on the field. I'm going to get you back on the field. And that's when teams start to roll. And I think Michigan has this um, kind of culture brewing to have a pretty special end of the season.
0: This is. They have now like quickly embraced that, that, uh, Motor City Ford tough, uh, like attitude spirit that, that they have in their neighbor right there in Detroit. Fellas, Michigan ran the ball 55 times. 55. There's some colleges that haven't run it 55 times yet, like just in October. 55. That's a, that's not a dedication, that's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. and then we went up to the they're not talking about we need to run the ball hack defense and rushing travel we talked about that those things are portal i mean they're portable you could pack that up and take it anywhere with you they won't fail um is that enough given the rest of the landscape and what we see out of the rest and and then trevor i want you to talk about michigan's offensive line Probably being the the unsung rock stars with, with these guys that are running 30, 40, 50 yards downfield to finish plays.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I think anytime you can dominate an opposing team, I think they won the, the time of possession battle like 41 minutes, 18 minutes today against Penn State. Like, it was ridiculous. Um, They, I mean, they dominated them whatever you can do that yeah. it doesn't matter who's pulling the trigger you could have Ohio State over there all you want but if them horses are on the stair or in the pens and in the stable and yeah. they don't have a chance to do anything with them you know hey it it it, it looks great but it, you know you're not going to get any production out of it um mm-hmm. so so those those guys need to be on the track and they need to have reps and they need to have chances um so if you can if you can command a lot of scrimmage to your point George it's a simple game man like you, you can turn around and hit the ball off for three and a half yards every time I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it all day long and I'm just going to eat up that clock and I'm going to give you limited chances. I'm going to walk my score in and 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 keep it going. So um, I think this Michigan team's found a lot of success in that. And I think the nice thing is, is it's bringing along a very dynamic player in their quarterback position in J.J. McCarthy, who yeah, young guy, needs to learn. But when you got something like that to rely on, and I I think Trevor can talk to this as well, man, dude, it's, it's, it's a huge confidence booster. They got some guys outside. They got a great tight end room. He's just going to continue to develop and they're going to put him in really good situations. And, you know, it it may be this year where it pops. And if it does, it could be really scary. But I think moving forward throughout the next couple of years, when he starts really coming into his own and growing into his oats, he's going to be a damn problem on the national skate on the national stage.
0: Yeah. Trevor, I, I I changed my mind unless you really want to answer that question about the old lineman. To Hack's point, JJ McCarthy is afforded time. First, he's basically redshirted last year and they gave him a couple of series and games all the way through the playoffs. And now they've got the, the uh Big Ten's what one or two best defense and one of the the nation's top rushing attack. And you get a chance to go in there. This is like Russell Wilson stuff with the Seahawks. Legion of Boom, you got Marshawn Lynch behind you and then you just make a couple plays for us, you know, when you can throughout the course of those four quarters. How much of a luxury is that for JJ McCarthy and then when will he have to start contributing more as we go?
1: Well, you know, I think throughout throughout this offseason and kind of QB battle, you know, he doesn't start the year as the starter. Got to remember that. And there there's a couple quarterbacks that that we can point that finger at. Um, but he kind of knew, right? We talked about that a little bit. He kind of knew he was going to end up being the guy. Now he's the guy. He's got all these weapons around him. He needs to just focus on, and I know this sounds backwards, but not screwing up, right? Just get the ball in your playmaker's hands. Trust those linemen in front of you to do what they do. Hand the ball off to Blake Corum. Make the throws that you're supposed to make and move on down the road. If you do that, you're going to be successful. In my opinion, not quite to the level of what we saw last year out of the Georgia team, but very similar in the fact that, hey, put JT Daniels in there or, or, or put anybody else in there for that matter, that yeah. and yeah. these guys are going to operate. Just don't screw it up. That being said, I do want to talk about the offensive line. These guys, after rushing for 400 yards today, we're not talking – we don't even know their names. I couldn't, I couldn't name one of their offensive linemen. But it's something special about that O-line group. Those guys are probably all five together as we speak, sitting at a bar, drinking beers together. They're probably in their warm-ups because that's how they roll. But when those guys get together like that and they have that culture from an O-line meeting room, that is something special. And their chests are puffed out. And nobody's patting them on the back and they're not going to be in the papers. But when they rush for 400 yards – they wear that. They wear that like we do wearing touchdown passes, and they are stoked as an O-line group to have that happen this week. That's going to give them more confidence to give J.J. McCarthy a ton of time to throw the ball and to create big, gashing, gaping holes for Blake Korman and the rest of that stable to make some big runs.
0: That hey, go throwback.
1: That group's Look, here, throw back, George.
0: They are. Let's say their names. I mean, this is yeah, the first time on field of 12. Ryan Hayes is uh Ryan Hayes, Trevor Keegan, uh, Olu is the center, uh, Greg Crippen, and Zach Zenter is the right side tackle and guard. Hayes, Keegan, Olu, Crippen, and Zenter, fellas, that's a toast, man. 55 rushes, and they keep betting on you.
1: Yeah, we have a producer, uh, Dagan. You, you got the, the hotline up to a couple bars in, in Ann Arbor, right? Let's send those guys a beer.
0: Yeah, send them a beer, courtesy of us. Uh, hopefully, maybe not a natty light. Field of the 12 is making big moves. All right, Big 10 learned a lot about itself today. So did the, so did the Big 12. Uh, the Big 12, probably, honestly, if we're being real about it, the most competitive league top to bottom. They're still sorting things out today. They had a big one. Uh, Trevor, I'm going to start with you. TCU double overtime, 43-40, remain undefeated. They took on an undefeated tonight, Oklahoma State. Uh, Great game. They finished it strong, pretty even all the way across the board. But uh, Sonny Dykes, Sonny Dykes continues to roll. 13th in the country. They just knocked out number eight. They're gonna obviously take a big jump. Big 12 chances are still alive. How much should we pay attention to TCU nationally?
1: I, I think at this point, again, a lot of ball left to play, but you've got to give them respect that is due. I I coming into this weekend, I really thought it's Oklahoma State and everybody else in the Big 12. Everybody's beating up on each other. You've got you know, a couple of teams that should be at the top that aren't playing good football. A Couple of teams that are rising to the occasion, beating up on each other. And I thought Oklahoma State and Spencer Sanders, who's playing a lot more consistent this year, were just going to stay there at the top, cruise on through the Big Twelve, go unscathed, and be in the discussion for for the um, for the playoff at the end of the year. This threw a huge wrench into my plans there. And and I'll say, I'm going to call out one guy. And and obviously we talk a lot about quarterbacks on the show, but Max Duggan, again, a guy that did not start the year as the starting quarterback at this university, new head coach, so on and so forth. He gets his opportunity and all he's done each week is get better and better and better. And when he's called upon, he makes the plays that he needs to make. Now, he wasn't perfect tonight. He didn't play like Bryce Young. He didn't play like Hendon Hooker. But he played well enough to get these guys a, a huge win over um, a lot of preseason favorite. You know, a lot of people pick Oklahoma State to be the preseason favorite, and they were certainly in the driver's seat. Again, back to my toast at the beginning of the show. Sonny Dykes has got something rolling. I don't know what's in the water um, and what he puts in the Gatorade coolers at practice, but. He gets guys ready to play and he gets the most out of each and every individual on that field. Uh,
0: again, TCU, big knockout. They have now positioned themselves. If we ended ball today, TCU and Texas would be the big 12 championship. Uh, these guys uh, came out of nowhere and now have positioned themselves uh, for a big postseason finish. Fellas, all these finishes have come off of big time performers. If college football, if we stop playing ball today and we got asked to send four kids to New York, not necessarily in any order, four kids going to New York, one of them is a non-quarterback. Who are you gonna send? Trevor, I'm gonna start with you.
1: If it was today, the non-quarterback to me would be Blake Cornell, a team that's playing really good football. We just talked about it a lot. Tote in the rock, um, just steady. Week in and week out, you know what you can expect from him. Um, that would be my one that's not a quarterback right now.
0: Well, who's your other three, though? Who's, give me your four guys.
1: Yeah, so it's interesting. Coming into the night, I had Caleb Williams in there. I will throw him out of the list just because of the loss, although mm. I, I, I thought he played pretty good football most of the night. But C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, who we saw, and Hinden Hooker. Hendon Hooker, yeah. those, those are my three, along with Blake Corum, um, and then you could talk about Caleb Williams, maybe getting in there as well.
0: Uh, Hack. So Trevor went Michigan tailback. Yep. Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker, C.J. Stroud. Do you differ with any of those?
2: No, I don't. I think those three are definitely in there, and just to be different, this is for our our guy producer Trevor. Well, I agree when you look at this, you look on the landscape of things, this guy's making some noise. If this team can mess around and play spoiler in their conference, this guy can make a can can can, can make case for his name, Chase Brown at the University of Illinois running mm. back. Mm-hmm. Stud. Mm-hmm. Stud. He's been doing some good things back there. Uh really good things on the national scale. So, um, you know, that's that's another guy I'd throw in there.
0: I love it. Uh I don't differ a bunch from we all have the same non-quarterback. Blake Corum, Um again when when they hook the wagon to you at a top five program and you deliver every day and sometimes twice. Uh you you earned a seat in New York. CJ Stroud to me is he's got a pole position. Hendon Hooker has just played his way into New York. And that third guy for me that, and yeah, quarterback-wise, and it's kind of rotated uh, between kind of Bryce Young and Caleb Williams. I do think Cam Rising will make some noise. He's going to have some big storybook end-of-the-year games coming. But to me, it's Bryce Young. It's Bryce Young because night's like tonight. Stroud, Hooker, Bryce Young, and Corum. Uh, Trevor, if you had to bet half your 2023 income, who would you say would win it today? The single guy right now,
1: it, a, a lot of it is fan voting, right? Um, which which plays <laughs> to bring into. It. I think CJ Stroud and, and Ohio State, especially not even playing on so far, like it's all emotional. Th- this weekend was the biggest weekend in college football. So much excitement, and and CJ Stroud is sitting on the couch, you know, thinking that man, I didn't have to go through any of this craziness, and we're gonna move on. He he is in the driver's seat, but and Hooker is making the most noise right now. If Hinton yep, Hooker yep. continues to do what he's doing, if they go beat Kentucky, if they beat
0: if Georgia, they beat
2: Georgia, he slays the two giants. Oh if man, the two
0: giants!
1: I, no who doubt, who did
0: that? Who was the last person to do that?
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Can't name but, him,
1: but I'll say this too: like last year, we talked about Bryce Young a little CJ Stroud and and remind me if I'm missing somebody, but it wasn't like a crazy big group going to New York this year. We're talking cam rising. We're talking DTR even, right? If they keep winning, you've got so many more guys that you're like, all right, any other year you might go, but boom, boom, boom. The guys that we just mentioned Um, to answer your question though, I think if you put a gun to my head and, and, I had to put my my salary on it, man. I go Hendon Hooker if he if he does those things. I was not
2: expecting that.
0: The Hendon Hooker as he finishes that drink. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) You you can go through Trevor Knight for all your Hendon Hooker gear. It's trevornight It's emotional baby. It, was a big game. it
1: was a big game <laughs> but now you guys have to answer i'm curious i'd love to hear your, your...
0: Yeah. pack you signed up you are you gonna buy no, that I package th- off of him?
2: here's what i will buy i will buy that this dude if he if he messes around and and, and you know runs the table here in the and the gets the white walkers and it gets the white walkers and is representing the SEC East in the SEC Championship game. It's, it's over it right there. It's, it's over. over. It's, over. <laughs> it's over. But that's a big if. That's a big, sure. if. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a big sure. if. There, yeah. Field of sixty eight There is a couple ones. I just retweeted it on my Twitter. I'm sure Indeed. you guys will too. But um I'm gonna bet if I if I'm betting house money. I mean, I'm betting I'm betting on CJ Stroud. I think they're I think they're still gonna they're gonna roll it getting Jackson Smith and Jigba back, who may was one of the dark horse picks for the Heisman. One of the best college football players, I think, overall. You know, just position, difference makers. Uh, getting him back full and healthy here for the second half of the year. I think it's going to be a difference, especially with Marvin Harrison Jr. and the other horses they got in those stables. So, um, C.J. Stroud would be the one I'm betting on.
0: I, uh, I'm i going to make mine fast. C.J. Stroud is the one I'm betting on. I think it's going to be drama. I think it would be one of the closer Heisman races we've had. I think it would be Stroud and Hooker. Coincidentally, I hope that's who. In a perfect world, can you imagine if we quit playing ball today—a Tennessee, Ohio State game in a neutral site? But for those of you at home, let me get let me get you some some uh, volume. Go to Field of Twelve. Go to Field of Twelve. Get the Heisman Five shirt. Hendon Hooker, there you go, right there, Vols fans. While you're there at the bar, you can order this shirt online right now. Hendon already got ten of them. He just texted me. Get you some of these. Get the great Christmas gifts. Go right now. Field of – is it Field of 12? No, field, 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 field of 68.shop. Field of Field of 68.shop. Your mother-in-law, your girl, I'm telling you, you cannot lose with that. There's our Heisman predictions. Trevor is going with Hendon Hooker. Hack and I both say Stroud with Hooker uh, What's some drama. I think it's going to be some drama. But I do think it'll go to the buckeye because of what they have to overcome. Fellas, back to football. Hack, I'm gonna go with you. Texas, like you, you, we still don't know who they are. Like they they get up for the big ones and they kind of have a little bit of that hangover coming in for the middleweight battles. They survive tonight. A win is a win, but they survive at home against the three-and-three three Iowa state team, 27-24. It doesn't give you confidence, but it doesn't give them an L either. How should we feel about the Longhorns so far?
2: Listen, I don't think this Iowa State team is your average three and three team walking around on the streets. Um,
0: That's true. Give for, them the for stat. For various you got reasons, reasons I,
2: believe, I believe that they have lost – their three losses are by a combined – combined. Three losses combined, 14 points. I believe they lost by seven. Four losses, Four losses. Four losses. How about combined that? fourteen points, so uh, seven field goal three again. three one. So um, it, it, that's 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 tough. Um, and at the end of the day, like I said, I don't think I don't think you can really look at them just face value on their on their record. But this Texas team, man, they're in it. I, and I've said it before. I think if their defense can can play the way that they showed up against that Alabama team consistently week in week out. And it's not even like they have to play at that level. They just have to continue to build to that and get to that by the end of the year here. And really this next probably three or four game stretch. Um, I believe Quinn Ewers is 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 a difference maker for them on offense and and you know, we'll we'll see how it continues to play out. But um they're gonna give themselves a run at the Big Twelve Championship game. I I
0: I, I do believe that. That'd be good. Good for Sark. Uh, Trevor, it is good. Like You, you want to see those big classic programs in college football who are working at it. You do want to see them stand up. You do want to see you know, them bowed up and clear-eyed and going after people. It's tough watching Miami and Nebraska. Hell, I see six months ago get drug all over the place. Uh, Texas, 27. Iowa State, 24. Trevor, I'm going to jump to you with Hack. Clemson escapes hard to say they escaped they just outlasted Florida State I think is a more fair assessment 34-28 DJU got down there and got rolling a little bit um enough to stave off of another catastrophe Clemson remains undefeated at the end of the day that's all that matters but do you still have that national top 4 faith in them that they are they one of the four best programs if you just take a look at it are they one of the four best programs right now, Clemson Tigers?
1: It's tough. it's tough to answer that question, George, and here's why. I really do think Clemson is out on an island, and it's of no fault to their own, but I think they play in an inferior conference. I think yeah. that you've got some of the better teams um, in the Big Ten and in the SEC right now. That are going up and, and playing in big time games and going up against incredible talent and and Clemson's just out there on the on the East Coast and they're winning football games but they're not mauling people like maybe some of the years we've seen in the past they're not having to face any big time talent so it's tough to say right like they we talked about it earlier in the show being there before goes a long way if if Clemson goes unscathed. And finds themselves in the playoff based on history and based on the logo, which I'd love to have that discussion as well, right? If, if they go unscathed, are they in over some of these other big dogs that we've talked about? But if they go unscathed and get in, because they've been there, does it matter that they've played inferior talent or will they rise to the occasion? I, I just don't know. I think DJ's playing pretty good ball. Um, he had a good day today. I think that they've got a good culture going there, but they're certainly beatable. My gut tells me if you put Clemson up against Alabama, if you put Clemson up against Ohio State or Michigan or Georgia today, my gut tells me they go down. Historically and history tells me that's probably a a dumb move, but my gut tells me they go down today.
0: What's the biggest difference they lack from the teams of the past of Clemson that you'd say? You know, they just look like superhero teams. I really,
1: I really think it's that they're in an inferior conference and they're not mauling people the way I would like to see them maul, but they're winning football games, right? It's just that's why it's tough for me to answer. Hack, what are your thoughts, dude? Yeah. I mean, I
2: kind of agree with you. I don't think it's the Clemson of old in the ACC. Um, you know, the the Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence era. Like, e- I mean, even going back to Taj Boyd. I mean, they they were they were they were mauling the ACC pretty much up and down. I don't think they're built that way right now. Um, obviously, last year I think kind of kind of sucked. I think they have certain pieces. I think their front seven is very very good. I I I do think DJ has turned it around. I just don't think DJ has as strong of a supporting cast as some of those uh aforementioned quarterbacks have fair. had. That's um fair. in terms of just being proven consistent, you know, running back stable with receivers and I mean even tight end even the tight end uh spot. I don't I don't think he does uh traditionally speaking. Now, are they bad players? Absolutely not. They're good football players, but you know, I just think it's different, and I think when you when you look at this Clemson team for what they've for what they've done and what they're doing, it's going to be really hard if they continue to run it in the ACC and they're undefeated. And it's like, oh well, you know, they had a rough, but they had a little bit of a rough patch last year. It's almost like you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. But to Trevor's point, I think that there's two conferences that if you have two teams in the same division of those conferences everything plays out the way it should be one beats the other one and then the other one beats the the team that they just beat in the SEC championship game and then you mm-hmm. go over to the and into the Big 10 East and you have Michigan and Ohio State they beat up on each other and then the whoever gets in the Big 10 championship game wins that easily i would make the argument as i did last year that you should have a showdown of the uh Big 10 East and the SEC whichever west. side of that conference well yes. no 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 well, not yeah, the west right. Not the You're West. Right. It's the now, SEC East now. East, yeah. It's the SEC yeah. East now with the point. Tennessee and Georgia showdown. And Kentucky. that's what I would say. And yeah, Kentucky, mm-hmm. but you know, hey, Kentucky's kind of played their way out of it as a play. I think they can still play dark horse and, and and spoiler without a doubt. Really good football team, but I think if as long as as long as Tennessee can survive the Kentucky challenge and Georgia can survive it. I think that'd be an interesting, much more interesting conversation than Georgia or than, than Clemson at this point in time right now. George, let me ask
1: time. you this question because I love your thoughts on this kind of stuff. If Tennessee goes unscathed, except for they lose to Georgia, that's their only loss. And it's a great game, it's a close game. They lose Three on a second field goal, right? Yeah. The hooker goes off. It's like the game tonight, except for it goes Georgia's way. Georgia goes to the SEC title game, and Bryce Young takes them down.
0: Who so goes that, way. That's,
1: that's what we were talking about, right?
0: Yeah, all three have a loss to each other. Who do you put in? Well, you're going to get two, in my opinion. You're yes. going to get two because at that point, they're all in the top five or six. Who's the odd oh, man?
1: I asked that wrong. I asked that wrong. You did ask Georgia that wrong. Goes, Georgia goes to the title game, obviously, because they beat Tennessee. But Georgia beats Alabama. So now by 10, Alabama has – By 10. By 10. They 10. Mean by 10.
0: Oh, in, and I, Tennessee – And Tennessee beat Tennessee Georgia. Or,
1: yes. You put Tennessee and Georgia from the same side of, of the conference.
2: Georgia beats Tennessee by three. And then Tennessee, and then, and then, you know, obviously Tennessee is not going to represent the East in the SEC Championship game. And then Georgia waltzes into the SEC Championship game against an Alabama team who presumably runs the West. And they beat this Alabama team by 10 points. That's it. So they
0: all three have a loss to each other. So they
2: all three have a loss kind of to each other. Yes.
1: Alabama
0: would have two. two.
1: The point is, do you
2: put Tennessee
1: in over a Clemson at that point? Georgia's in. Georgia wins the SEC. Georgia's in. They're unscathed. Do you put Tennessee in as a one-loss non-conference East team? Yeah,
2: non-conference
0: championship representative.
1: Over a potential UCLA or Clemson or so on and so forth?
0: Not if UCLA, if UCLA and Clemson are undefeated, George. No, you, but you gotta, only go, with unde- only you gotta go with the Georgia undefeated Georgia. They're you gotta go co- with the undefeated an undefeated conference champ, even though that conference is not Jurassic Park level. If UCLA is an undefeated conference champ, then the, the road is clear. Same for Clemson. If Clemson's the champ with a loss, or UCLA is a champ with a loss. To me, they're just susceptible to be weighing the same thing as Tennessee, and Tennessee will have two of the biggest wins in college football. The Vols, hot the same season, same same season. season. (laughs) And hack, what they're gonna say is, well, hell, if we put Clemson and Tennessee in the same field right now, and definitely Tennessee and UCLA, what are we talking about? They beat they beat the two monsters, the only two teams that we've even named, the Roman army and the White Walker. Toe to toe with them. They're toe to toe. They them. split I, with them. They
2: split with now, them, but it, everything's everything's within a field goal, basically.
0: Now, what would be interesting is if Alabama ran the table all the way out, and Tennessee undefeated lost to Georgia, and then Georgia really, lost to Alabama. Like you Georgia said, lost to Alabama, yeah, and they all have a loss. Now, now, now we're into something. We need to. We're going to do that next week. Let's go into. Let's stay in that SEC East side, Jurassic Park. Fellows of the last three teams, these last three games, and, and we're coming down to that we're in our own ninth inning. Kentucky wins solid 27-17 to a Mississippi State team is arguably one of the five or six best offenses, maybe in college football, just efficiency-wise. Kentucky beats Mississippi State. Syracuse, nice win over NC State. They remain 6-0. and It's like the first time in like 20-something years they've done that. And Brett Bielema in Illinois, they go 6-1. and They beat Minnesota today. And lastly, Oklahoma staves off. I'm not even going to say staved off, disaster, because it's still disastrous. They have now contained the fire. Out here in California, they'll say that they've at least contained it. The fire is not out. Kentucky's Kentucky's win. Syracuse's win, Illinois's win, Oklahoma not losing a fourth one at home against Kansas. What was the most valuable win of those four? Trevor, I'll go with you and then Hack. The most valuable win of those four? I, I could
1: pick a couple. I'll, I'll go on with – and maybe you guys won't talk about it. I'll say Syracuse. Um, I think mm. Syracuse now has put them in a position, which is super sneaky – um, to go next week and potentially knock off Clemson—that's their super Bowl oh my God. next. Week.
0: That's the game next week.
1: The game yep. next week is Clemson and Syracuse. If if Clemson could survive that one, then they should run the table. They do have to play Notre Dame, but Notre Dame's obviously been up and down. But um, it, that's the game in the ACC Las for State the rest Stanford. of the season. That's the SEC title or the ACC title game. So to speak, next weekend. Um, Dino Babers has been there for a while now. I think he's developed a really cool culture at Syracuse. Um, a culture of winning, again, without the best talent in the world. It's their Super Bowl next weekend, so I'll, I'll say, most valuable, Syracuse. Keep winning.
0: Hack, I'm gonna go to you here. Uh, who had the most valuable win? Syracuse, Illinois who's now six and one. Oklahoma yeah. containing, a, oh, that would have been a, just a, the apocalypse if Kansas beat them for their fourth straight loss. Who had the most valuable win today?
2: It depends on what your definition of value is. I think if you're talking about uh, program saving, it's definitely Oklahoma. Because I think, for like to your point, four in a row, Brent Venerables haven't played. that Dude, I, who knows what would have happened there? Who knows? <laughs> Especially with buyouts, all this crazy shit going on. Who knows? Um, but I will, I will flip that over. I think Illinois has positioned themselves to win the big 10 West.
0: How about that? They've, Illinois. Go.
2: They've positioned themselves to win the big 10 West and they got a shot.
0: They got a shot and we're with them. The fighting Illini, the fighting Brett is and Trevor Valise's I'm George Whitfield, Christian Hackenberg, Trevor Knight. On behalf of producers, Dagan Hughes and Trevor Valise, field of 12 after dark, huge day today. We'll see you next.